what do you want to do for the tree decorations? Like, are you going to do a theme or are you just, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to do a theme because I didn't get to do that growing up. It was always all the hodgepodge of stuff that we had. And like, that was great for my childhood, but I just, I don't know. I like the themed trees. It's never a thing that we did. That's the only reason that I ever did consider getting a fake tree because I wanted it to be full enough that I could put, you know, the garland and mm-hmm. the tinsel and all the extra things, plus the bulbs and themed bulbs that were color coded and all this other stuff and have a nice tree topper and everything because it would look nice. And like we have these gorgeous beads. Right. And that doesn't really work for a hodgepodge mess of like, I hate the colored lights now. Like it's cute for kids trees. Like I'm totally fine with spending 20 bucks and getting the tiny little three foot tree and putting mm-hmm. all of our little special ornaments and one strand of colored lights on it. And that's the, that's the, the cute little, you know, memory tree, but for how nice our house is mm-hmm. and, the rest of our house has decorations that match and are themed. So to have a tree that would just kind of bleh with all of our stuff on it, it doesn't look right for our foyer. So, yeah. and I get that there's people that just don't care about like, but last year, like I love last year's tree Yeah, and I loved us doing, and oh, did you ever Google image FAO Schwartz? So you could see what I was talking about when I was talking about the theme. Yeah. Okay. Before we even started okay, last yeah. year. So that's, that's what I love. That's yeah. The kind of and I would love, love to get some stuff for, I mean, we don't really need a whole lot more, but I just feel like adding to that theme every Mm -hmm. year is probably going to be the best way to go about it. Yeah, there's not going to be a bunch of Hot Wheels decorations and things like this. And, oh, hey, this is what my kid made with flour and paste at school and that kind of stuff that I'm not going to lie. I tasted it. I was like, oh, it looks like a cookie. Ew. Was not a cookie. I never did that. (laughs) No, I did. Well, we painted them and we put all the stuff on it. And I remember the little design that I put on mine thought it was great until I realized that it didn't look like what I thought it looked like. So, yeah. Because I had done a round, right? Mm-hmm. And I did these cute little ovals that went all around the outside. And then a little circle in the middle that they were all supposed to point at. It looked like a deformed tit. It did oh. not look the way I thought it was. <laughs> and as a kid, you're like, yeah, that's what I made for. And then as I grew up and hit puberty, I went, oh my gosh. So, yeah, not, not, you know, but not looking at things like that. And no, but that tree, well, that tree is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So we just, we're going to get it up today, let it hang. And that way it gets all its shape and everything else. So I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited to watch you do it. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. nobody, nobody helps me do anything but put the lights on because it just makes it easier. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the actual decorations, it, people don't help me decorate the house either just because... I get decorations with where they're going to go already in mind. Yeah, you get in full mode. We nobody I love everybody's it, just though. like get out of her way. Just Well, just... because everybody else like wants to put something somewhere and then it just looks weird and I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, get, let's focus on this room." And so then and nobody then... wants to put anything anywhere cuz we don't want to be criticized for where we put it. So that's fine by me. I'm good with anything that's going to let me stay a little bit lazier and still get accomplished goals. So, but with that said, Welcome to the Stupid Podcast on Everything, everybody. I'm Joey. And I'm Kiki. And this is the podcast where we talk about everything and anything and nothing all at the same time. It is Friday. We're all happy. It's December 2nd. Mm -hmm. The month has just started. It is crazy that this year is almost over. It's I honestly, 
this is the first year in like the last five that it didn't feel like this year went by super fast. There were like two months that zoomed by out of the entire year, but I can clearly like June and August. No. Oh, because that was for me. September and October because oh, okay. I was working <laughs> the last couple of months. Yeah. Okay. But even then, it. I can remember the majority of it, but mm-hmm. it's still just like I remember this year. It didn't feel like, you know, that I didn't I didn't have a bunch of nothing days that went by and made the year feel like I didn't do anything. I feel sure. like there was a lot that happened this year, and I can remember all of it. And I can accept that a lot happened this year. Yeah. So you know, and uh, yeah, the phone call I had right before this, I had an insurance agent I had to deal with, and I'm just like. But at the same time, I couldn't believe a year has blown by since I started my authority. So, you know, but with this economy, just what are you going to do? So, yeah. But, but today is our free for all day and we have a couple of really cool things that we do want to do. And then we're just going to cover a bunch of stuff and, you know, have our day and then get ready to enjoy our weekend. Hope you guys all had a great week and thank you for joining us and thank you for helping make our silly little podcast a thing that has been taking off like we weren't thinking it was going to take off so pretty excited about that but we're going to start off with reddit today mm-hmm. and we're going to be doing relationship advice joy we got two different posts um this first one is from the throwaway account so don't have any uh username that i can say because it's just a million numbers and then throwaway account so gotcha. <laughs> um well this one's titled uh, partner 26 female of seven years left me, 28 male, at the altar and now wants me to take her back. So this one's, this one's a little tricky. I'm biting my tongue. My head is a, a million places right now, so excuse my incoherency. My girlfriend, fiance, ex-girlfriend, I don't know, had been dating. We had been dating since she was 19 and I was 21. We've been through everything together and basically grown up together. I've always known that she really panics. She tends to run away from things. She used to randomly break up with me and try to dip when we were very young, but we talked it through and got better at that, and she hasn't done that for years now. Anyway, I proposed a year ago, and it was hardly a surprise. We'd been discussing marriage for years. We both knew we'd be on board to do this after she finished her MBA and got a job in the city. Everything was perfect. The past year had been very hectic in in planning a wedding. Since we're both from another country where grand weddings are the norm and we had to fly people out, etc., etc., about two to three months ago, the nerves started to hit her, and she tried to talk to me about it. I will acknowledge my faults here. She did try to bring it up to me that she was nervous and the whole ordeal of a grand wedding was stressing her out. Ideally, she would have wanted a small destination wedding with a big party afterwards, but due to both of our families requesting a big wedding and inviting all their friends, we succumbed. She was also nervous about the commitment of marriage, finances, and other things. All of this we discussed before, but I guess she just needed reassurance. However, in hindsight, I realize now that every time she brought it up to me before that, she was anxious. I chalked it up to the normal cold feet people get and would just say it'll be fine and kind of brushed it off. I was also stressed with a lot of work to do before I took my long leave and planning and budgeting and all of it. We both make very good money, but this wedding was going out of budget and we didn't want to take any money from our parents. All of it got pretty stressful for both of us. She seemed a little jittery the night before as well. I told her to calm down and just sleep. Mostly, I was very, very excited to make her my wife, something I had been dreaming of since the day we started dating. She's the love of my life, and it was still hard to believe she was choosing to marry me. I was the happiest man alive. On the day of the wedding, she dipped. She left me a note apologizing and saying she couldn't do all of this and just ran. I don't even know where she went. All of it unfolded so quickly, and it was almost like a movie. All of our family members coming into my room while I was ready to walk out on 
onto the altar, asking me where she was, etc., etc. Pretty traumatic, and I ended up crying in front of all of my family and friends. Our parents handled the guests and all of it while I just went home heartbroken. She wasn't at home. I spent the entire day calling and texting her, and her phone was switched off. She walked in at night, at 10 or 11 p.m., and just kept crying and apologizing. I told her to go to sleep, and I need time to think about everything that happened. Now I'm turning to Reddit because I don't know what to do anymore. She's apologized multiple times and wants me back and says she's even ready to do the whole grand wedding again, and she regrets having run away in the momentary lapse of judgment. She knows what she wants to she knows that she wants to be with me, but she just panicked and got cold feet. I can't imagine my life without her, but at the same time, my trust is broken. I don't understand why she couldn't just be more of an adult and tell me properly before the wedding, although she insists she tried to. I feel disrespected and just heartbroken and embarrassed and that, that I had to go through all of that. I don't know if I can or should forgive her. What if she does this again and runs to some other important ev- runs at some other important event like she did on the most important day of my life any advice or suggestions on how to proceed if i can continue with this relationship or if i should just cut my losses and move on thank you for reading this far and then he did edit for some clarifications and he said wow okay i did not expect to get these many responses on my post and i have to read through every single one of them Uh, I appreciate all of you for taking the time out of your day to read this and give me advice. There are some things I realize I should clarify or elaborate on based on the comments. Why she ran, I don't think it was the marriage bit. Getting married was going to change a lot about our relationship, wasn't going to change a lot about our our relationship anyways. And I know she was just as excited about getting married as I was. I should mention that while we both... While both of our parents wanted a grand wedding, mine were way more insistent on it than hers. Her parents wouldn't would have been happy with whatever choices she was happy with, even a court marriage. Mine insisted on a bigger wedding as they believed if we had a small one, it would make relatives and friends think we are poor. And she felt pressured to say yes because she wanted them to like her and she knows how much I love my mom and didn't want me to have to choose. The financial bit, she makes much more money than me and she funded at least 70 to 80% of the wedding expenses. She offered and was happy to do so. If she hadn't offered that, my parents would have had to step in and fund it which she wasn't comfortable with the financial stress of it was getting to both of us but probably more to her than me we've discussed finances in depth and i have financially supported her when she was doing her mba and both of us are comfortable with the fact that she earns a lot more now and will contribute more to our expenses it's all hitting me now that she ended up burning so much money on a wedding she didn't want just to make sure my parents didn't dislike her the history of running away, she used to break up and dip with the, on the relationship in the initial two to three years of it after working on it and the time that we've managed, we really managed to get over it. She hasn't suggested breaking up or wanting to run away for the past three to four years, at least. I don't know if I'll be able to trust her because when she gets anxious, she can't think ab- about me. Like, she didn't in this situation and didn't consider the humiliation I had to go through. But I do trust her to not run away when we have kids or at other difficult points in life, I think. I'm not really sure. It's all hard to process right now. And then thanked everybody for the advice and is thinking about therapy but mm. still very unsure you so first that's or a me lot first? i can go first honestly this is weird because i on i really don't think that he should leave her i i think that while what she did was you know it was embarrassing sure it's hard for things like that because it's supposed to be, you know, the most important day of your life and blah, blah, blah. However, I feel like because he did literally make that point that she had tried to talk to him about it and he kind of did brush it off. I understand that he was stressed as well, but 
they should have both had conversations about it and sat down and been like, listen, this is what I'm worried about. Okay, yeah, I can understand that. Here's some reassurances. This is what I'm worried about. Okay, I can understand that. Because if it wasn't even the marriage bit that she ran away for, it was just she was stressed and she has done it before. Even if it has been worked on, this is a very different situation. She would, you know, freak out and break up with you and disappear for a day and then come back. Oh my gosh, you know that that's what she does. So I feel like there should have been like a plan in place being like, listen, I know you, (laughs) you're probably going to run away and it's going to suck. Let me, you know, preemptively let close family members know because, you know, they, they know, they should know you guys at this point. You've been together this long. I feel like that should have just been a thing that you should have expected because not having done that in a while isn't really... I don't know. I feel like if, if, there, if she had a record of it and she worked on it, it doesn't mean that she would never do it again. And I don't think that her not thinking about your feelings in that is a big factor in it because, again, it's something that's just a part of her. She's always done this. If something becomes too stressful or too much, she needs that walk away and she always comes back. That's the part that I really feel like it's not like she's running away and going with another man and, you know, going and doing all these other things and being buck wild and crazy in the times that she's running away from things. She's running away and then she comes back and she apologizes and goes, I don't know what happened. I just got cold feet and, you know, was freaking out. So I don't know. I just, I don't think, I feel like it's good to have a conversation about it, but I don't think that it's, when it comes down to it, I don't really think it's her fault because I feel like this is something that she's just known to do. And I feel like, you know, because we've read, like, things that people have gotten mad about. Like, you talked about the the time thing, where people will tell relatives or anybody that something is earlier than it is because they're always late. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I feel like it's kind of the same thing. Oh, yeah, the wedding's going to be this day. And have everybody get up and get ready and da-da-da-da, but then not actually have it that day because you knew she would run away kind of thing. I just, I don't know. I feel like if you knew her well enough, you would have kind of expected it. And... The fact that you didn't and now you're upset about it and your trust is broken. I don't, did your, was your trust broken every other time that she left you and came back? Or is it just that you're heartbroken that it had to happen the way that it did? Because you didn't want it to happen, not that you didn't expect it. You didn't want it to happen. And so the fact that it did happen, whether it's some kind of resentment in yourself that you should have seen it coming kind of thing. That's just, that's what it sounds like to me is that you knew it was going to happen. You knew that she was going to run away and you didn't do anything about it. You can sit there and say, in hindsight, I kind of brushed it off every time she tried to talk to me about it. I feel like you're more mad at yourself that you let it happen than you are at her for running away to begin with because you you know her. You're going to marry her. She's the love of your life. Don't let that go because it was an embarrassing thing that you could have prevented kind of thing. I just, I don't know. I don't think it's her fault. I I think that, yes, there is a level of responsibility in it from her because... Obviously, she did run away, but it shouldn't be something that's like, she shouldn't be shamed or blamed or anything negative towards her about it because she's always done this. It's always something she needs and it clearly works because she does come back. So that's my, that's my two cents on it. (laughs) Oh, okay. So I got a blender in my head right now and, uh, so my, the first question that I have is does she do it with anything else or just him? Like honestly, I want to know. Like, d- does is like she gone to an important job interview and then you know freaked out, got anxiety, and ran away from the job interview because she didn't want to go there? A promotion interview. Anybody else in her family? Anybody else? Or is it just you, dude? Are you, are you the only factor in this? Because if you're the only factor in this, mm, 
I got one of three things that I'm that I'm saying. You're the problem is is one of the options. Mm-hmm. It is that you do not instill enough confidence in her that she wants to spend the rest of her life with you. And every single time something's got to come up that she's like, ah, you know, he's not going to be the one. He's not going to be there. And she's dipped out. And it's like, or two, she's the problem in that she's, you know, the only way that she knows to deal with anxiety is to run away. Great. That means that you've set precedent that when you have kids or something else, that something else becomes stressful, where she knows the solution that you're going to forgive her for, especially if you did it in the, in the during, during the wedding, which was the most important day, then she's going to use that as the, as a thing. And, you know, therapy may or may not do it, but you literally are giving her the green light because, you know, well, you didn't leave me when, when I ditched out on our wedding, but now you're going to leave me because I left the kids at home for three hours alone because I couldn't handle it. Or something along those lines, you know, or three, there's, she's cheating on you. I'm sorry, you know, you don't have to like this, but she can have somebody who's a friend sitting on the side who's just like, and she's like, oh man, maybe it's this person, maybe this person's better, maybe it's, and it doesn't have to be that there, she's cheating on you like sex. I'm not talking about sex. I'm like, she, what is it that you're not giving her that she's looking at you and saying, He's not the one. Emotional cheating. Yeah, and that's and then that's a thing. I mean, yeah. it's like anybody who says that. No, I've I've experienced and dealt with that firsthand. Don't play that game. You know, you're sitting there and you're letting her, you know, have this as a reason. Okay. Now, let's say you think I'm wrong. Okay, cool. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe it's not you. Maybe she just needs some kind of mental help. Maybe she just needs. Okay, but then what? You know what's going to happen as, as far as do you do you marry her again? I mean, do you your guys are living together right now. That's obvious. The story explains yeah. she came home. They're living together. So, okay. So what's going to change? You you worried that oh hey my my parents wanted to make sure that the family knew there was a big expensive extra uh, extravagant wedding. Okay, mission accomplished. That's over. Now yeah, go to the court. Who cares? Get married in your backyard. Don't invite me. I wouldn't show up if I went to your wedding once and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then I go to your wedding a second time and you're the one embarrassed. You're, you're worried about you're being embarrassed about her, you know, because your family's there and you break down and you cry because you're embarrassed. But you're missing something. There's something missing that you're either not telling us or that you don't know. It's one or the other. Because if you're the only factor, if you're the only thing that she runs away from, what is it? You may think, and she may not like confrontation. She may tell you, no, that's not it. Is there anything else? It's the first question I want to know. It's the first question I, as a therapist, not a licensed therapist, just saying, I play one in this room. Um, this is the first question I want to know. What else does she run away from? Talk to her parents. You've know, you you you've been together long enough at this point. I mean, literally, when she ran away, the first thing her mom should have done is like, oh, yeah, you know, she was 13. We were trying to get her horseback riding lessons, and she was scared of horses, and she ran away, and then she came back after the lessons were over. It, it sounds like she's either more strategic and more intelligent than you think. I just say that find my friends is a good thing in whatever you have because – Something there, there's, there's a disconnect that's somewhere in this. And like, you can't, oh, get married or don't get married. I, I personally, if I'm ditched at the altar, I'm ditched. And it's like, okay, that's not happening again. And if it's like, oh, I love her and she's the love of my life. Okay, cool. Let's go down to the courthouse and we'll sign the paperwork. But where's your future? Like, oh, we're going to get therapy and get help. Get it before you do it. 
You know, you don't, you, if you buy a house and then go back to the, again, these things that people take more seriously than they do relationships and, and mental health and, and their well-being. If I go and I buy a house and I find out there's a bunch of corpses in the backyard, I'm going to make them excavate it before I buy the house. I don't buy the house and say, we'll figure it out. If there's structural damage or foundational damage in your relationship or your home, and somebody wants you to buy that relationship or your home, then you want that fixed before you move in forever, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and that's, that's the way I'm looking at it. So it's either you, it's either her, it's a third party that you don't know about, but any way you look at it, get it, get the leak in the boat fixed before you take it out on the lake. You know, <laughs> that's, that's the only way I look at it. What's the top comment? Or do you know? Oh, there isn't a top comment. Yet. Okay. So yeah, I just, no, this is, no, you, this is where you have to take emotion out of it and you have to figure out what's wrong with the situation. Yeah. And you, and you got to do it before, before you commit. You already feel like you're committed because, hey, that's eight years of your life. But I've been there. Okay. So then that was that first one. Mm-hmm. The second that one. That's a good one. The second one's a bit shorter. Okay. Um, it's not, it's also marriage related, but it's not as grand as that okay. first one. <laughs> um, the title for this one, well, first of all, it's from um, user concerned OF. Okay. And this one's titled. He was cheating up until the day he proposed, and I just found out. So I, 24 female, have been with my fiancé for the better half of six years. We started dating in the last year of sixth form, which is senior year. What is that? Mm. (laughs) We've been together ever since. He's always been so kind and affectionate, gift-giving, date night, and so on and so forth. I can only remember one time where we had an argument and we got over it pretty quickly. He's the love of my life. A week ago, I was added to a group chat with five different women, all of the, with all of them with proof of his affairs, and they added that they weren't the only ones. Some of it made me physically sick. I know that it's wrong, but I went onto his personal email and he was getting monthly, sometimes even weekly STI and sexual health checks. He was always very adamant that we use the barrier method and never have unprotected sex, but I assumed it was because we both agreed we weren't ready for children. Apparently, he cut ties with these five specific specific women within days before he proposed. I have been so off all week and he's noticed buying me flowers and taking me out to dinner. Last night, we watched a movie and he paused it halfway through to ask me what was wrong. I broke down in his arms, but I didn't have the courage to say anything. Do I bring it up and risk us splitting or do I just accept that it's a thing of the past? I haven't told anyone yet. Everything is so perfect. I don't want to ruin it. And then, um... She did give a little update, and then she said that she told her best friend, currently drinking wine and crying. Also, um, by perfect, she had said uh, she meant before she knew about mm-hmm. all of it. And then Obviously. the most of the comments were basically saying, what's wrong with you? And then mm-hmm. she responded to that question in particular, saying, I have dangerously low self-esteem and have never been with another man in any way, not even kissing. And then she said, I think I will say something, but whether or not we split will depend how it goes. So. I'll let you go first. You want to go first? All of mine's, oh, It's very short. Leave him. No, that's yeah. it. He cheated. It's over. Nope. Don't let, don't marry him. Don't marry him. Mm-hmm. What the, what? <laughs> you can't, 
he has been cheating not just one woman like i feel like that's even worse if it's like one woman then it's like okay you have to choose or we have to be poly like you can't you can't do that mm-hmm. but multiple women it's it was that was a periodic constantly ongoing thing that he did and then decided out of nowhere he was he was having a secretive poly relationship with you that's literally that's which is not poly poly. (laughs) yeah so it's like that's not yeah it's not poly that's literally the bad side of it but so whether it was him deciding that he was too scared to bring something like that up or he Mm. enjoyed the thrill of cheating or whatever and then suddenly decided oh i want to you know be tied down i'm done with this life or whatever like i still feel like that's something that he could tell you Mm -hmm. if that was a thing that he had wanted and like if he wanted to marry you, I feel like it's something that you would come clean about and be like, yeah. listen, you know, I want to I wanna marry you, but I have to tell you the truth. I've been having sex with other women constantly for the entirety of us being together because I wanted to make sure that I wanted to marry you. And it's awful that I didn't tell you and blah, 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 but I'm being honest about it now and I do want to marry you. And then it would still, I, even if that was the post, I still would have been like, nah, leave it <laughs> because it's the fact that he did lie and it was secretive and all these women went and told you and had proof. Mm-hmm. So it's happened. There's no, and I would, you know, I would honestly for your own, you know, mental health sake. Right. Approach him about it. Right. Don't approach him with evidence first. Ask him, have you ever cheated on me? Just flat out. Just want to know how he responds. Because if he lies to you, leave him. If he tells you the truth, I would still leave him personally. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you have dangerously low self-esteem and all the things, it, I know how hard it can be to be that kind of a person and think that this is it. This is all I have. This is the only thing I can do and all of that. But that's not true. You have an entire life ahead of you. You're, you literally, you're 24. Mm-hmm. You have so much ahead of you. You're older than me. And you still have so much ahead of you. Like, yeah. there's nothing that you should be stopping your entire life for this one man that cheated on you several times periodically. Obviously, with enough of a, n- enough knowledge on how to do it that you didn't find out about it for that many years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I Do not marry him. Don't wait and see how it goes. Confront him about it by asking him, seeing if he would still lie. And if he does, that's it. You, you have your answer. And if he doesn't, and he tells you the truth and he goes through all of it for your mental health sake, you can keep the conversation going on why, you know, what was going through your head. What's going to, how am I supposed to trust that you're actually going to stop and just be with me? You haven't been straight about your mind this entire time. What makes me think that you're just going to be done and you know, this is it. And you're sure about it. Like we are still so young and da da da. And if you do genuinely still want to be with him, don't marry him, stay in a relationship with him, make it a poly relationship and see how that goes. Because otherwise, no, marriage is definitely, no matter what, not the option right now. If you guys, if you decided you wanted to experiment and see how it went and because you want to be with him that bad, and then it needs to just be an open relationship, a poly relationship where you also go out and not just a, oh, well, it's poly. I'm going to go out and keep fucking other women, but you have to be with me. Like, no, it should be a true poly relationship. That's the, those are the only options that I see. So... Yeah, and, and let's, so we can define this right now because so many people construe and, and mistake these. An open relationship, by definition, is you date and do whatever you want with whoever you want, and I'm in the mix. Vice versa. I date and I do whatever I want with whoever I want, and you're in the mix. Like, I'll sit there and be like, hey, I can't see you to, uh, tomorrow. I'm taking so-and-so out on a date, Right. That's that's an open relationship type situation. Now I'll be honest on our partners and th- and things like that. 
A poly relationship is literally designated the way you set it up. Hey, look, I'm going to be with you. You're going to be with her, but I'm going to be the only X in this relationship. You're going to be the only Y in this relationship. And that's where it is. And that's where it's done. That's a poly relationship. There's a difference. People think like, you know, they think poly and they're like, oh, y'all are just swingers. No. No, no. Poly doesn't mean we're taking applications. That's called an open relationship. (laughs) An open marriage is people taking applications, okay? An open marriage is all the pineapples and the parties and all the other stuff. And yeah, that stuff still goes on. But a poly relationship? No, that's not what it means. It means that I have this person and I have that person and I have that person and they don't have these other people and I don't have other people outside of this and they know that they can date this person that we all agreed to or those kinds of things that were together and that's where it is. And it's like, and that's the end of it. Monogamous relationship is you and the other person. If you are in an involuntary relationship, you're not. He's cheating on you. He absolutely has been cheating on you. You're 24 years old, six years. Go six years, you don't have to get married for six years. Wait till you're 30. I did. Get your education, get your life experience, get everything out of the way until you are 30. You know, you talk you talk about you want to go to clubs. You've only been with this one guy, which obviously he hasn't. But here, the moment that somebody cheats on you, nope, you can never trust them again. And here's the thing. In 20 years of being married, and in my entire relationship with my daughters and their entire lives of over a decade and a half, and in the, the years that you've known me, what's the one thing that I'm proud that I've never done? Lied. I have never lied to you. I have never once lied to you. I haven't. And that's a great thing of pride. And it's caused problems where lying would have been easier than being honest <laughs> many, many times. But I don't lie. And here's the thing. If somebody's cheating on you, they're going to cheat on you. End of story. You know what? They're going to be looking for MBT. They're going to be looking for the next best thing. That's all there is to it. The entire time you two are together. And now you're going to go and you're going to confront him and you're going to be like, you, you, have, you have a couple of different ways you can confront him. It's like, anything you want to tell me? Or have you ever cheated on me? Or the fun one, I know what you did. I found out everything. I ended up finding out everything. So I'm going to sit here and give you the chance to tell me about all of them. And just sit there and let him spill it because you only know about five. Yeah. they If they told you that there were others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Have him get, have Find the opportunity. Out and kick him to the curb. Yes, you can have low self-esteem for whatever reason. But you know what's going to give you really low self-esteem? When you allow yourself to be treated like absolute garbage. And you're willing to spend your life with somebody who treated you like absolute garbage. And 100%, that's a relationship of fail. So, no. No matter what, at the end of this, you're single. Don't marry this. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, seriously, I don't care. If I was, if, if I had the lowest self-esteem on the planet, I still wouldn't be there. You know, I'm not saying go and hurt him back, but he puts you at risk. You know, oh, condoms are great. They're not 100%. Oh, yeah. that's Barriers <laughs> are great. They're not 100%. Okay. None of it is. Look, somebody can get an STD via kissing or non-traditional STD methods and still give it to you. Mm -hmm. Okay? And it's just, 
No, he's yeah, gonna leave him. Yeah, there's no, no, no. There's nothing healthy about this. Get out of the pool. You don't want to swim there. That's where people go to die, and that's literally it. That is the same mentality that you are asking about right now. As hey, he was abusive, but now he stopped for a couple of days. I can trust him now and go back to him. It is that same mentality. You were mentally, physically, emotionally abused. You just didn't know it. He was willing to put you at every risk. Yep. Be done. There's there's nothing there. There is no relationship there. Yep. Get into so, them. So, that on that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and is that all of them? Yeah. Okay. Whew. So, today, we go to the grocery store. Just real simple. And I'm, and I'm sick of this. Actually, no, I'll use yesterday when we went to the grocery store. Yesterday, we go to the grocery store. We're driving up the aisle like normal people would. This guy in his Ford just comes cutting across the parking lot in his crappy truck. And and not all Fords are crappy. Don't anybody get all mad. I'm just saying this one was. And sits there and stops and puts on his brakes and starts staring. Because he had to stop because I was driving the normal way down the lane. I literally slowed down and stared at him, mouthed nice and loud, what? Because I'm so sick of it. And I am going to catch a charge. I think 2022, 2023, somewhere in here it's going to happen. I just, I, I see it happening. Because I have realized it is the birth of Karens. It's the birth of Kevins. It is the birth of kids that are just horribly disrespectful. It is... We live in a society now where there's no consequences for people that are the first offenders. You know, somebody in my my truck, right? They get mad because they didn't speed up to merge and I couldn't get over, but they're mad at me and it's my fault that I and my 80,000 pounds of pharmaceutical explosives didn't get out of their way or let them in. And they'll get in front of me and brake check me, roll down their window, flip me off. I'll blast my horn and I'll be like, pull over, pull over. And you've seen me. I mean, I just like, you know, yeah, I'm not saying it with that tone. That's the anger talking. Hmm? I said, yes, that's the anger issues mm-hmm. talking. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, but, but here's the thing. These people don't get consequences. And as long as people don't have consequences, it gets worse and worse and worse. It's that way with any crime. It's that way with anything in life. People go and they push and they push and they push and they don't push back. And so there they are. They're yelling and screaming at people. Look, if you're at a protest and I'm at a protest and we have different signs and you come up and you grab my sign, you know why I don't go to protests? Because I'm going to knock you the hell out. We are going at it. I don't care. You can be bigger than me. I've gotten in fights with people that are bigger than me. But I'm going to take you down. I'm literally going to go after it or you're going to give me a good beating. I've been knocked the hell out. I've I've had my butt handed to me. No problem. That's the way it works. But you know what? I felt better afterwards because I stood up to it. But how many? You know, we see videos all the time. People yelling and screaming. When cops are being respectful and people who are yelling and screaming and getting in her face. Even uh, if you guys don't know, there's things called, there's people called auditors. And auditors, they're First Amendment auditors. Well, they're constitutional auditors is really what they should be called because they're looking for, you know, police or whoever, public servants or whatever it is, businesses, 
you know, to not violate their constitutional rights in the country. I get it. Freedom of speech, freedom to record. I can record anything that can be visible from a public space as long as I'm not trespassing, you know. And then the police come out because they have to come out. They're going to come out. Because if they don't come out and the shop owner shoots you, then it's the police station can be, the police can be, you know, sued for not responding, right? And it's like, and then the police come out there and, you know, most auditors are respectful. They're like, no, I'm not going to show you my idea. I haven't committed a crime. Okay. You know, and it's like, but that's not what some of these auditors are even going for and people are going for. They get in their face and they're cussing them out. Why? Because they responded to a call for public safety for both of you. Because you don't know the idiot that you're dealing with on the other side. We watched the one with the guy at the liquor store. The guys were on the private property of the liquor store. And they were videoing the, the liquor store. And the cops came out and said, no, that's their private property. You can't be there. It's like, well, I wasn't on there. This is owned by the... This is... Like, you don't know who the shop owner is. That guy might have been like, you know what? I'm going to call the cops before I go out there and shoot this idiot. Right? But just... And he'd be wrong. But... If he calls the cops and the cops don't show up and then he shoots you, you can sue the police. So they're stuck. But it's everything that we do. Nobody has consequences. How many people do we see out protesting and they'll go and or we see in political rallies and things like that or it, you put a yard sign out and it doesn't matter who it is. Somebody yanks your sign out. In Texas, we had Abbott and we had, you know, Bobby O'Rourke and and <laughs> Signs were, people were taking signs from both sides. Personally, that's my personal property. If I have that in my front yard and I see you take it, we going. But there's no consequences anymore. I'm just sick of how we live in a society with no consequences. If you get in my face and yell on my face, I'm swinging. I should be able to swing because you are literally threatening me as a person. That's it. But so many people don't. And you know what? I had my ass kicked to realize where my line was and where I wasn't going to be. And it was like, wow, I don't want to be that person. And I actually went back and apologized and became friends with the person that did it. Because I was like, you know what? I was 100% in the wrong. And I didn't do it again. But now, what do we have? And then we had that lady today. We sat there. We were getting in the truck, getting ready to leave. She gets out of her car and just starts staring at us. And just looks at us and just roots. like, I just want to roll down my window and go, What? But everybody has no consequences. Somebody cuts in front of my truck. I can't slam on my brakes in time. I end up jackknifing, flipping my truck. Happens every, every week somewhere in the country. That exact situation. It's like a trucker slams on his brakes because you know what? He might be mad. He might be like whatever. But he doesn't want to cause an accident. And it causes an accident. And then what do you see when you see those videos? You see the car driving off. And more than half the time, those people get away with it. No. Nope. Consequences. I will literally just roll them. Just not even waste my time with it and roll them. I'm sorry. I'm just... Kids are the same way. We go, to, we go to the store. We go to Walmart. We go to whatever. And we've seen kids opening packages with their parents down at the end of the aisle. Noses in their phones or just not even paying attention at all. While the kids are opening up these packages. But if I say something and that mom goes to pop off on me or that dad goes to pop off on me. I'm just sitting there stuck. I'm some kind of ist at that point. Or ism or whatever. It's like, no, I just don't want my prices to go up because your child hasn't been educated and you haven't taught your kid the values of, hey, don't F with stuff that's not yours. 
We have one rule in this family. One big rule. What's the one big rule? Not yours, don't touch it. If it's not yours, don't touch it. And it's like, and what do those parents do? Oh, or you go to the theater. When we went to a movie, oh, what was the movie you saw? Um, Mickey and I went to Smile. There's people there and their kids weren't, wouldn't shut up. And I didn't say anything to the kids. I leaned forward and looked down and looked at the dad and just stared at him until he got eye contact. And it's like, no, you're going to shut this kid up. Because if I do it, I'm just going to take you all. I'm not going to waste my time. It's ridiculous. I'm not saying I'm beating kids. I'm beating parents. <laughs> so, you know, it's, but it's, it's a failure of people that nobody wants to give consequences to actions. And we've created Karen's. We've created Kevin's. We've created these self-entitled white liberal women who feel that they can be on video telling a black man why she knows his racial oppression better than he does and how wrong he is. Where people like Candace Owens, who are respectful and calling out the truth, can be chewed out by these crazy lunatic people calling her a racist. But... They're okay with it. Where Kanye can be canceled for having a view, and that's okay because of where he is. It's not about race. It's about consequence. It's just there's no consequence anymore in this society. People get away with the stupidest crap. It's like, okay, how much does a co- how much does a cop have to take somebody cussing, spitting, and being in their face before they either? A, get themselves out of the situation because I don't want to be here and personally hope that shop owner shoots you. Or B, they go off because they're human and at the end of the day, you're one person messing with another person. How much? So I just, that's my rant. I can't, I can't stand the lack of consequence. Hell, we have one of our daughters, a girl poured chips in her hair and nothing happened. We moved out here. Because one of my daughters was beat up by a boy, but because he was a minority and Muslim, the school, the vice principal specifically, didn't want to do anything because didn't want to be perceived as reacting as a hate crime or risking that. He beat up my daughter and there, and, and his attitude was, it's okay, she's just a girl. And they were okay with that. And I see that all over society and it's absolutely disgusting to me. So, okay, that's my rant. (laughs) So, what about you? What do you think, honestly? I really think that things like that stem from more of a failed parents failing to teach their kids how to act. I feel like it really ties into participation awards and the way that, you know, parents treat their kids and... Mm -hmm. You know, something goes wrong and it's just, you know, oh, it's okay. Like, I hate the statement, it's okay. Because you're the moment that you say that, you're writing off something. Mm-hmm. Whether it's somebody's emotions, whether it's, you know, somebody's actions, whether it's a rule that somebody's supposed to follow or whatever. And the moment you say it's okay, you are writing off something that's in existence in whatever situation it is. Child loses a soccer game. Oh, it's okay. You'll mm-hmm. get them next time whatever it, it, it's in the moment you do that you're saying oh you know it's okay that you lost it's like no it's not okay mm-hmm. the goal is to win the goal is to win the goal is to have fun whichever one you go in there thinking about 
those that's the thing that you have to hold your kid accountable for yeah. if your kid is playing in competitive soccer the goal is to win period competitive right. soccer competitive basketball competitive anything should never have participation awards because it's competitive mm-hmm. the whole point is to teach your children to lose and be okay and work harder towards their goals not yeah. just go oh i lost i don't want to do it anymore yeah it's it's not to be okay to lose it's to say wow i lost and then use that as a motivation in the proper way yeah saying it's okay without explanation is not the way to go it's okay that you lost because you are going to try harder because you're saying i still want a pizza party i still want a trophy yeah it's not not how it works you didn't win you don't get those things you try Mm -hmm. again next time or maybe this wasn't your thing and we'll try something else or like there's always there's something that you're supposed to say outside of that not Mm -hmm. just it's okay here's this thing anyways you're rewarding your kid for not trying and then that promotes laziness and entitlement because then you have these people that you know we see it in teenagers now where you're watching these teenagers that were participation award kids Mm -hmm. growing up and thinking that they know everything and can do whatever they want and they yeah that they can do whatever they want and not have consequence for it because whatever it is they Mm -hmm. find that reason that it should be okay whether it's oh it's because i'm a minor or because i'm a woman or because it's always whatever it is that they Mm -hmm. can find professional victims yeah whatever it is that they can find to make it okay because they kept getting told it's okay so they're going to continue to think it's okay because they're gonna think they're special nobody's kid is special and i hate that that people have these kids and they just teach them forever and ever oh you're special nobody's like you first of all it's bs you are like a million and one other people on this planet because you're human mm-hmm. and all of us are human mm-hmm. and all of us have the same thought processes all of us think of the same things and there are some of us that grow up to do something different and that's great but those people there's so few of those people and they're still so many different ways to do the same thing without sitting in the spotlight like the few chosen ones that we do see and so i i don't i hate telling your kids oh you're special you're gonna grow up you're gonna do these amazing things no you're gonna grow up and you're gonna be an exceptional adult and this Mm -hmm. is all the things that you need and all the tools necessary for you to do that no you lost that's it you lost i'm going to give you some comfort because you lost because yeah when you have a four or five six year old that has cool talent on something Mm -hmm. you need to keep that spark alive because kids change their minds so much yeah once your kid is eight nine ten eleven you cannot be telling them oh it's okay I understand that you lost, but, you know, we, we could still... We, how about we go home and get some ice cream or whatever? No, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. There is, there is a fine line between rewarding failure and supporting your child. Because supporting your child is teaching them what they do matters. That how they act matters. That what they need to get done doesn't change because of their feelings. Because, yes... Teaching your kid that their feelings are important, that's a good way to teach them how to deal with them. But that's what you're supposed to do. Teach them how to deal with them. Because popping off on other people, screaming and throwing a tantrum, you know, having one thing that's completely unrelated, but because this is a problem, it's going to affect 17 other things. That's not okay. That's not how you teach your kid how to exist in a world where there is a million and one things going on all the time. And they have to learn how to handle all of it and so if you if one thing goes wrong like your kid is 
you know, failing a class because they really don't understand it. Mm -hmm. The rest of their classes are fine, but because they're failing that class and they're getting so frustrated about it because they are, they feel like they're trying, but you on the outside can see what they are doing and that Mm -hmm. they're not really trying. They're not putting the same amount of effort in as everybody as all the other classes because they don't like that teacher. Or there's a kid in that class that is mean and rude and they don't want to be, you know, participating because they've been bullied or whatever it is. No matter what the reason is, if you can see that there's a reason why they're doing something like that, failing a class, you don't reward that by going, oh, well, I understand you don't really don't want to go to that class today. You can just stay home. Or, oh, I understand that that class is really hard for you, but the rest of your grades are fine, so it's okay. Th- that's not okay. You have to teach your kid what is right and what is wrong. And in that, you're, you have to be able to tell them that they have to make an effort, that they have to act a certain way around other people, that certain actions are going to have consequences and they don't get to have any ifs, ands, buts, about it. Because if you hit someone, there's consequences. Mm -hmm. If you spit in somebody's face, there's consequences. Mm -hmm. If you fail a class, there's consequences. If there's all these things that you have to do because it's literally preparing you for life and the world... If you go to a minority-based school and you call somebody a racial slur... There's consequences. There's consequences. <laughs> and so I, I hate that people are just, just, I think that's where it starts. That's where everybody gets to that point of, you know, if they are told their entire life that everything that they're doing is okay and fine and they're not getting real consequences, because I, I hate to break it to you, your kid, you know, taking away their phone, they're going to get numb to it. Mm-hmm. And taking it away for three days and then they're fine for those three days, and then they get it back, and then they're bad again, and you take it away for another three days, and they're fine, and they get it back again. That's clearly showing you that the problem is the phone. Right. And so I hate that, too, because that's also enabling your kid to, to you're instead of giving them that, hey, let me point it out to you, let me show what's going on and give you the patterns that we've been doing. You're just going to keep doing it and keep having that pattern. They're never going to learn. And then when they finally get to that point where they are an adult and you can't take their phone anymore or in whatever time that you decide that they're just too old for you to do something like that, they're not going to know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And they're going to get that phone and they're going to do shit they're not supposed to with it. The same thing with teaching your kids how to have, you know, the friends that they need to have. You you teach your kids that, you know, bullying is bad. It's wrong. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't bully other kids. And then something happens and you, you know, your kid is being a bully and then you go to the school and go, oh, my perfect little angel, they can't do anything. Right. You're literally giving your kid the pass and showing them that, oh, so this isn't wrong or they know it's wrong, but they don't care because they're not going to get punished for it. And we we interact with that on the other side because we don't believe our kids are perfect. Oh, gosh, no. We know they're... When we go to the school and it's like, hey, so-and-so said this, they're like, ugh, sorry, she's lying. It's like, yeah, we thought so. And they're like, wait a second. Oh, because they have, they feel like they have to walk on eggshells. And there's certain parents that they have to because, you know, those parents have their perfect little angels who never do anything wrong. Well, yeah, because uh, our, our kids go to a private school. It's a preparatory school. So there's not a whole lot of people in the school at all. Mm-hmm. And so when something happens, it's it's big because they don't have big classes and they don't have a whole lot of people around. And the teachers, they pretty much have the same teachers throughout the majority of them mm-hmm. going through school because there's multiple not years. A, yeah there's not a lot of not a lot multiple of kids because they only have so many spots and spaces and all this other stuff. And so yeah. we've had situations like that where our younger one she decided she was going to try to bully somebody because she got caught for being mean to one of her friends mm-hmm. and so she went and was you know oh, walked right. out yeah oh, she tripped 
<sighs> she walked off and went to go be friends with somebody that she didn't like. And so instead of going, hey, you know, maybe I'm the problem here. You were mad at me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is a problem between you and me. She went to the person that she doesn't like and started threatening her mm-hmm. through email and started saying a bunch of stuff about all this horrible, like literally was threatening her. Not mm-hmm. like, you know, horrible, like physical things, but still was, it was rude. <laughs> it you was like we, yeah. Yeah, it was, <laughs> first of all, hilarious because she's not old enough for things like that to. To, she's also she just doesn't she's, she's not Leah there and him, I have a certain set of skills <laughs> and if you don't return my yeah. daughter to me my friend to me immediately yeah I so it was very weird you. because we had to you know we had to go to the school and bring it up we had to screenshot everything and bring it to the teachers we found out about this the person that she was bullying didn't find out and tell the teachers or anything we found it mm-hmm. and we're like okay no we are bringing this to the school because there are supposed to be consequences yep. if they would have sat there and told us okay well she's gonna get kicked out because it was zero tolerance bullying policy. We're like, okay. Is there any way that she can get back into the school because she's going to earn her way back into the school if, if that's the way that it's going to mm-hmm. be? Because she would have caused it for herself. We have taught her over and over and over again. She's watched her older sister be bullied all the time. And then she turned around and was the bully. So she had consequences. She had severe consequences because there's nothing about that. And then on top of that, it did become a physical thing where she tripped her during PE because Mm -hmm. she was just so upset because everything, you know, nobody was on her side and, you know, everybody was just being so mean to her, but nobody was being mean to her. She was just literally pushing everybody away and bullying everybody that would be like, hey, listen, you know, I understand that this is how you feel, but then like everyone was coming at her rationally, but she took it as a personal attack and then started attacking everybody else. And so then, you know, nobody was on her side and everybody started going, you know what, maybe we just don't want to be friends with you anymore. And so she was left in a position where she literally pushed everyone away, got so mad about it that she tripped the, the original girl during PE because, you know, why, you know, that was the only way that she thought and saw a solution because she didn't want to admit that she was wrong. And then she got caught for it and we brought it to school and they were very thoroughly surprised that we brought it to them and we're like, hey, we're not coming to you being like, oh, these kids are bullying our daughter. We're coming to you going, hey, our daughter is bullying people and we want to know what we can do to stop that. <laughs> and they were very surprised. And honestly, that's the reason she didn't get kicked out. Yeah. That's the, that's the reason because we brought it because if the school would have found it, yeah, this school has zero tolerance. Um, you know, there was a kid... Who literally sat there and, and I and I remember this from last year, at the beginning of the year, this kid just just said the words, I wish you were dead to another kid. And they kicked him out. Yep. That was it. No no precursor, no nothing, no warning beforehand. Gone. Our school, there's a waiting list at this school. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, mm, you're gone. And it's the same thing like our oldest daughter struggling with her grades she's not really struggling she's choosing not to do the work oh yeah it's and it's like it's laziness and they sat there and said well you know if she keeps doing this we're either gonna have to kick her out because we don't want our curve going lower yeah or you know you're gonna have to start paying and i'm like mm, i'm not gonna pay if she gets kicked out then she gets kicked out that's the consequence and that breaks me on the inside yeah there's as, none of this that's dad, like oh man this, yo yeah, you deserve this like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> on the inside i'm like oh gosh what can we do and fa- i'm a failure and we keep trying different things and doing different things we have the carrot and the stick mentality it's like mm-hmm. hey you do well you've got this you've got all of your electronics you've got all this cool stuff you know um we're looking at doing even animated shorts based off our podcast mm-hmm. and i want 
my oldest to be able to do it because she's a great little illustrator. Yeah. Oh, she's got major talent. Yeah. And she's, I have no doubt that most of the stuff she's learning in school, she's not going to use, but she's going to go, you know, here in Texas, it's awesome. You're that top 20 percentile. You've got the opportunity to be, have a free ride in whatever you want. Free ride. Yeah. A full free ride. And she's blowing it. And she's blowing it for all the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like... It's not like... Because it's, it's, it's not at like the you're going to where... go to school, you're going to be a doctor. But yeah, dad, no, I can't even carve a turkey. <laughs> nobody's forcing her to have a certain path in life. We literally just want her to have the opportunity because all the things that she wants to do, we want her to have the ability to do it. Yep. So... But yeah, no. The, the At the end of the day, I think that people that don't do what we're doing and we're not perfect at it, but the people that don't do what we're doing with, you know, teaching Mm -hmm. them that there are consequences to their actions, good and bad. Right. That, you know, they're, they're going to, the people that don't have consequences, they grow up to be bitter and hate the world. We're fighting against a bunch of parents, a bunch of kids who don't have consequences. Oh yeah, dude. The amount of times that, cause our kids have chores. I grew up with chores. Everybody, mm-hmm. I feel chores are a great thing because they teach you how to clean. They teach you how to do just home anything ec. that, you, yeah, they teach you chores how to exist as an adult when you have your own house and your own things that you need to take care of. And the majority of their friends don't have chores. They mm-hmm. never had chores. They don't understand why they have to do chores because that's so weird. And so they come home and they go, well, my friends don't have chores. Why do I have to do chores? To which we go, okay, well, can your friend do this? Does your friend know what cleaners are going to stain versus what cleaners are going to make it better versus right. what, you know, they know what the difference. Not to mix together? Yeah, they oh, know the difference when... between everything because they've been taught how to clean everything in the house and how to clean, you know, even down to not getting stuff. Even down to not getting food poisoning because they know what foods not to put on the same cutting board mm-hmm. and use knives and, diff- and clean them beforehand and afterwards and what to leave out and what not to leave out. You know, th- everything because they've been taught. They, they help with so many different things around the house yep. so that they don't get to that point where they do go out into the world and have their own house or whatever and just be in- completely incapable of taking care of everything. And so it's it's a struggle because I understand balancing school and a home life and a social life and chores it's hard but it still prepares you to balance a job Mm -hmm. and school and a social life and all the other things that people do and relationships and everything it's a part of growing up so the kids that oh i have so much homework okay well you can just not do your chores for the next week those are the kids that are going to grow up and oh i have so much you know work Mm -hmm. to do at home so i'm just not going to go to work today or vice versa i have so much work to do at work and i'm going to stay overtime so i'm just going to completely ignore my kids or ignore my animals or ignore that my my room my bed unmade and everything will be a total disaster and then they'll wonder why they grew up alone you know without consequences you know what you do you cheat on your fiance with a bunch of other women, think yep. you got away with it, and you think you're okay because you broke up with it. You run out of a wedding because there hasn't been a consequence for you for doing it before for running away from the person. You will literally just fail mm-hmm. to grow up. You will be a failure of a person, and it's so hard to change it once you're there. Oh, yeah. It's hard to unlearn a habit that you've been taught yep. is okay and oh, never thought was not okay. The yeah. entirety of the most developmental parts of your life. So, And that's exactly it. And that's exactly you know part of the reason I, I teach my kids everything. It's like I teach them the stuff that they don't teach in school. And, and us as parents, that's our job. Yep. Like that is your responsibility. You know, there's plenty of things that I did before I had kids 
that I don't do now because I have kids. Like once I made the decision to have kids, then yeah, there's a bunch of stuff I can't do anymore because I made that choice. Once I had that choice, they became the most important things in my life and nothing else can jump in front of them, period. Because it's not fair to make them victims. He don't unknown victim. Yep. And we will not make victims of our own kids. So with that, with that said, we at SPO, stupid podcast on everything, do not condone unadulterated violence for no reason or anything that I've discussed has been only my opinion, but we really hope that people will find a way to just be better people. So hopefully that you guys enjoy this. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to hit us up on any of our social media. All going to be linked up on our page. And we thank you so much for being there and being here and being a part of this because without you, there's no us. And we'll prove it. As soon as this is off, we don't exist. Prove us otherwise. So have yourself a great time and make sure that, you know, do something good. Make good choices. Yeah. Make good choices. (laughs) Even when the world around you isn't. Mm -hmm. With that said, peace out with your peace out. Bye. Wow, wow, wow.